Hey everybody, it's Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. It feels like yesterday when we roamed this lost world. A little town amidst a giant city. Quiet, crazy, wild, and sometimes lonely. Never boring, yet at times it was. It was a place where characters roamed and lived bizarre tales. Yet these were not works of mythology, and it's all tattooed on my mind. So sit back, and let me tell you the stories of this ancient city. Let's hang out together on the Stoops of Atlantis. Hey, welcome to the Stoops of Atlantis. It's Mikey D. I know it's been a, a while. I haven't done an episode since February, so sorry for the delay. Um, I was working on a, uh, a screenplay uh, that I got hired to write, which is exciting and fun, and I really enjoyed uh, doing that. It's been a while. Well, it hadn't been that long, but it's been a couple of years, I guess, since I've written a screenplay. So that took up all my my brain power and focus, and then I had to reshift, sort of retool my brain into uh, podcast mode, which is a very different type of writing. And it, it took me a little longer than normal to write this episode, but I went back, so I'm going back to the roots of Stoops of Atlantis, which is the stoop. So uh, sit back, relax, pop open a cold one, and... Uh, Listen to episode 68, Stoop Dreams. It's officially summer. And even after all these years from experiencing that last day of school, I still get those soda bubbles of excitement for the beginning of my favorite season of the year. And days off meant more time to be spent on those stone pedestals of dreams, contemplations, and conversations. The stoop. It's strange, but today in 2023, if you walk up 118th Street on a warm summer day, you'll not find anyone, any kids playing street games or hanging on the stoops. In fact, the homeowners have all added these ugly anti-social, anti-neighbor gates to discourage stoop sitting. And it's, it's really sad. But let's rewind the clock to 1980. One Eighteenth Street between 1st and Pleasant Avenue was always the nicest block in the hood, and it was one that was well-stocked in stoopage. In the age of Atlantis, the stoops were the individual town squares of neighborhoods around New York, and on any warm day, adults and kids propped themselves on their most comfortable step, and life was good. You see, the stoop was a stage upon which all sorts of theater, drama, comedy, romance, tragedy, all took place. Neal, sports, music, and pondering life, the universe, and everything was also the bailiwick of these concrete steps. The stoops heard it all, saw it all, and they stand to this day as veritable time capsules of ghosts and memories.
is Jeopardy. Hey, let's play Stoop Jeopardy. The categories are Sunday Bloody Sunday, The Twelfth Step Lyceum, Playing with Fire, One Lone Step, Stoop Dreaming. Okay, Alex, uh, let's play Playing with Fire for 400. Me and my cousin Joe can be aliens. Maybe not dangerous lost boys as my other friend Joe, but Joe and I were firework bugs. We got our hands on a few dozen bottle rockets one hot June day. It was the days leading up to the 4th, but in the days of Atlantis, the 4th of July's joyous revelry cannot be contained in a mere 24-hour span. It was to be cherished and savored. So weeks leading up to that day, we would play with fireworks like 3D real video games. So I was on the sidewalk getting ready to send off a rocket from an empty Manhattan special bottle. Joe decided that the flat surface of the top stoop of my building would make a much more interesting launch platform. They say you never see or hear the bottle rocket with your name on it. Well, I may have heard the initial swoosh of the burning powder expelling from its exhaust port. I may have even caught a whiff of the burning sulfur from Joey's match. But I definitely felt the impact of that little Chinese-made NASA wannabe as it crashed just above my elbow and exploded. Damn! If I recall, that was the actual quote that yelled from my mouth. There was a giggle, a devious giggle that Joey was famous for. I glared at him, and to his devilish guffaw, he apologized. I am sure the word a-hole was tossed about, but I laughed and went on lighting more rockets like a good Gen Xer. For the next week, a pussy wound was on my upper arm. Well, it was one for the memory books. How about 12-step Lyceum, Alex, for 200? The great Greek philosophers would meet at the Lyceum and discuss and debate the great ageless topics of humanity. On the stoop on 118, me and my friends once spent over an hour arguing whether or not the stoop across the street was painted red or orange. Yeah, these were the kind of silly debates that would happen when it was with Scott and Joe. We could all be rock-headed, but Joe was especially known to take debates and challenges further than your average bear. The stoop in question was, in, in my opinion, a typical rust color that was popular then. And rust is an orangey red. Scott insisted the stoop was orange, while Joe held his foot firmly planted that it was red. A Cherry Jolly Rancher is red, Scott proclaimed. That stoop is not anything like a Cherry Jolly Rancher. Now his supposition was that the Jolly Rancher red was the only red hue in existence. You see, this indeed was the Socratic method in full glorious form. Joe stood, and if you were wearing a toga, who would have fluttered in the hot August breeze. So you're saying that Jolly Rancher Red is the only kind of red in existence? That stoop is a different shade of red. No, Scott insisted. It's a typical shade of orange. I never ate an orange that color. An orange is just called an orange. So you mean an orange is not orange? I never said that. And on and on it went, for an infuriating hour. Until the Mr. Softy Chuck came, and a new debate erupted over which sprinkles were better, rainbow or chocolate. How about Sunday Bloody Sunday for 600, Alex? There were a lot of laughs on those stoops, but there was also blood. Red blood. Maybe orange blood. Most likely, red blood. 
One night, my sister and I were sitting around listening to music in the living room on a small, child-sized turntable. In fact, it was this song by the Blues Magoos. Then a sound was added to the mix. That horrible, familiar, deadly sound of gunshots. Bam. 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 After a moment, we ran outside and a few buildings down on what would become Catman Pete's stoop. A young man I shot. Not sure if he died, but that song and that night were forever tied. And even hearing it now as I edit this brings a creepy feeling to my stomach. I'll take one lone step for a thousand, Alex. Sometimes the canyon of stoops was desolate, quiet, the distant cars echoing down the quiet street. And sometimes at night I would get bored. If my friends were away or not able to come out. In fact, when I started dating my future wife, she had gone away to college and I found myself quite lonely quite often. And on other days, I would hope that Anthony would come out and light some fireworks or a police car would come zooming down, cherry tops flashing, guns drawn so I could be entertained. Or maybe Charlie Ding Ding would stumble up the block, mumbling and stumbling something hilarious. Some nights I just did not feel like watching TV or playing on my home computer. Sometimes I was just like Sherlock Holmes waiting my buddy Watson to come by to do something fun. Or a lonely Romeo standing on the stoop waiting for his Juliet. One night, standing alone, a group of guys from the block wandered by and they sat on the stoop just across the street. They kept to themselves chatting and laughing. But suddenly I heard a soft splat sound and one of them yelped out. And I looked up just in time to see a couple more eggs fall from the sky onto their stoop. I mean, they were obviously being targeted. And they all looked my way and rushed over. My heart skipped a beat, but I knew I didn't do anything. It wasn't me, I said. I was just standing here. Then one of the guys eyed me suspiciously until yet another egg smashed into the street and they rushed off looking up at the rooftops for the culprit. I later found out who did it. <laughs> but I ain't no rat. Sunday, bloody Sunday for a thousand, Alex. Sometimes the blood didn't spill on the stoop, but we got an eyeful from the stoop. I remember all too clearly one summer night. We were hanging on the stoop, me, my sister Laura, Christopher, and Jennifer. It must have been late summer or early autumn because the block was really quiet, until we heard distant shouting and cursing. There was a difference between the sound of loudmouths arguing and just messing around, dropping F-bombs, and a real serious fight. This was serious. We looked towards First Avenue and spotted some dude running after another guy, chasing him up 118. The chaser launched a Tropicana orange juice bottle, you know, one of those big ones that used to be made of glass, and it shattered around the feet of the chased. Now, I mean chased as in being chased and not one without, you know, sin, chased with a T. Anyway, this did not sit well with Mr. Chase, so he turned and reversed the chase. The roadrunner is now the coyote, and his speed served him well as he caught up with the juice bottle tosser, threw him to the sidewalk, withdrew a large, very scary knife, 
and let it plunge into the chest of the poor soul. He then got up, walked up the street, bloody knife in hand, right past our stoop, across the street, while we stood frozen and open-mouthed. Yeah, life in Atlantis in them days. How about stoop dreams for 500, Alex? Why am I doing it with this voice? I don't know, I gotta do a different voice than my own. <laughs> when knives and guns were not flashing, sometimes dreams were. I spent many hours on the stoop chatting with buddies. Maybe more than anyone, it was with my cousin Joe. We'd sit, sodas and chips in hand, and the radio blasting the New York rock station, WNEW. Now this was the peak of the Cold War, 1980s. I mean, Ronnie Reagan was going to kick the Rooshki's butts and keep those commie pinkles on the red side of Checkpoint Charlie. The day after was still causing nightmares. Remember that movie? Oh, okay, let me go off tangent a bit. I have a question here. I only watched the day after once, the day it aired, and I was in high school debating my peace-loving nuns in my school why we needed another 20 billion nukes. Yeah, that was me. Anyway, I can swear there was a scene in the movie where a character talks about a friend or relative from New York City who lived on 118th Street. Did I imagine this, or did I hear wrong? If anyone could confirm this, please post it on the Facebook site. Maybe I'll rewatch the movie. Anyway, back to the story. So we would sit on the stoop and ponder the future. What kind of tech would we have in 30 years? Imagine a computer with a gigabyte of RAM, or, or a TV that was 40 inches wide, moon bases, or an electric car that can fly. And I can only imagine what was coming. Actually, we were so off base, it's hilarious. Anyway, one day my father comes out and joins us on the stoop, and he asks... Have either of you ever heard of the Omega Machine? Now, me and Joe's eyes bugged, and we looked to each other in excitement. No, I said. My father said he had read about this powerful computer with the animatic Omega Machine name. It can only mean one thing. Joey turned to me, pointed, his brain conjuring up a brilliant prognostication. A doomsday machine. Yeah, I said. Oh, sweat. They finally invented it. For the next hour, me and Joe discussed with excitement the possibilities of a doomsday machine. Would it decide to trigger itself when it got bored of humanity? Did the Russians have it? Did the US of A have it? I mean, I guess it was acceptable if we ended the world, but them commies better not do it. Actually, the very idea of a world-ending device repulsed us, no matter who had it. That was taking the cool tax-wasting toys of the military-industrial complex a little too far, even for a couple of the young Reaganites. In reality, though, we learned that my father was referring... I'm gonna wait for this helicopter to come over. It does add an interesting sound effect, though. Like a little militaristic. See, this is what you deal with, especially on the Upper East Side. The helicopters are constant. I might keep this in the, in the episode, by the way. Just for fun. Little reality. It's the 4th of July, by the way, when I'm recording this. Where was I? Okay. But in reality, we learned that what my father was referring to was the Amiga, not the Omega. A cool and powerful new home computer Commodore Computers was getting ready to put out in a couple of years. But you know, on a hot summer boring day, the imagination can take great leaps and bounds. Moon bases, flying cars, virtual reality Pac-Man games, or even a doomsday machine can all be conjured up on the stoops of Atlantis. Yet for a single one, yet for a
Thanks for listening in to the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it on whatever app you're using. And you could also leave a message at the Facebook page or contact me at stoopsmail at yahoo.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.